Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky team. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. program. This is Bear Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. The evening has been hoping that you drive so in. very nice. I hold your hands there just like my I. mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your and hurry? father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace. So really I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't. Maybe just a half a drink more. I simply must go. Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is no. Baby, it's cold outside. This welcome has been lucky that you so nice and warm. Look out the window at the My sister will be suspicious. My brother will be there at the door. My maiden aunt's mind is vicious. But maybe just a half a drink more. I really can't stay. Baby, don't hold out. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program, and my guest this hour returns to the show with the return of Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad in a uh, new book, the second in the series uh, from National Geographic. I think Nat Nat Geo Kids, but it's part of their, uh, it's a STEM-based kids series, and this installment is called Newton's Flaw. (laughs) What goes up must go sideways. No, I'm kidding. Um, my guest is uh, Valerie Tripp, and she joins me by phone. Hi, Valerie. Welcome back. Hi, Tom. I'm glad to be back. Thank you. Um, Newton's Flaw, you are going to um, regale us with more puns in this second installment <laughs> of the series, aren't you? <laughs> I am, and you know... The puns are the joy, not only the joy and, and provide some of the humor in the story, but they also provide something far more important, which is they're actually a metaphor and, and one of my favorite parts of writing the stories because the joke, Newton's Flaw, is tells you what's going on in the story, both scientifically, what happens is, the girls in the SMART squad, SMART stands for Solving Mysteries and Revealing Truths, solve a mystery that has to do with a flaw or a crack or a crevice or a fissure in the building, in their beloved school building that is leading to trouble, um, that is making students ill because mold creeps up through this fissure because of hydrostatic pressure. That scientific phenomenon 
is echoed in a fissure or a crack or a division that has also begun to happen within the squad itself. Life being what it is, people being what they are, there are some disagreements among the members of the squad. So that flaw or crack is a visual thing, but it's also an emotional uh, thing that is happening in the story. And there's a third use of Newton's flaw. My main character, Izzy Newton, has a flaw that many of us share. She does not like to stand up in front of a group of people and speak. And she finds herself in a forensics class, and her teacher asks her to stand up and speak. She decides she's going to talk about uh, a sport that she is enjoying very much, ice hockey. And she stands up in front of her class and says, Ice hockey is my favorite fort, and becomes very embarrassed. In the course of the story, Izzy has to figure out how she's going to sort of bridge over that flaw, how she's going to address that challenge and problem, the embarrassment and her dread of public speaking. So Newton's flaw sort of echoes through the story in many different ways. The puns are an opening to what's really the whole heart and soul of the story. What happens when there are cracks and divisions in a building, in a group of students, or a flaw that someone has right inside herself? Valerie, when was um, the... I was trying to remember when the last time you were here was and what the first book in the series, what the title was. (laughs) Oh, Tom, it was so many things. We could say nowadays pre-COVID. The it was that the, long ago. It was pre-COVID. Yes, yes. The first book in the series, Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad: Absolute Hero, came out. You know, in 2019, back in those halcyon days. And you and I spoke about that book. I had actually finished this second book at the time, but because of COVID, everything just was put on hold. So it's been a long time waiting for Newton's Flaw to um, be in my hands. And I finished the third book in the series as well. And again, it'll be quite a while before all the illustrations are finished and before that third book. That's called The Law of Cavities. I love these titles, but there's there are multiple things going on in these books there's you know sort of um exposing kids to the power of stem science technology engineering and math but as you pointed out there are also some things just about being team players being part of a group um having self-confidence. There are just a lot of things going on in these stories simultaneously. When you write one of these books, Valerie, do you consciously inject all of those elements or do you allow them to find their way into the story? Do you know what I mean by that? I don't know if I asked that. I very do, well. and that is that is. I mean, that's a quite a brilliant question about writing in general. Um, and uh, for me, when I write the Izzy Newton books, it does begin 
everything for me begins with the group dynamic. Everything begins with how are these five young scientists going to interact with each other? How are their multiple talents, interests, and kind of quirky personalities going to um, join together to solve a problem? How are they going to team up? That's where it begins. From there, I try to find a scientific phenomenon that echoes, mirrors, is a metaphor for that dynamic. And Tom, Ah. this is why it's so wonderful to be a writer. I I didn't really know how I was going to do that. And I'm going to tell you, I went to a party. I was talking to a friend who happens to be a forensic engineer. He said two words. He said, hydrostatic pressure. I came home. I uh, did a lot of research about that. And I thought, aha, there's my scientific phenomenon you know, a water pressure making a crack in a building and water seeping up and causing mold, which is a poison, just exactly the way a small disagreement among a group of friends can kind of, you know, grow into a larger divide. So sometimes it is top-down, I would say. Sometimes I begin and seek out what I need to support my story, and then other times it's just that incredibly miraculous thing that happens while you're writing that that's what happened with the situation with the main character that I gave her this flaw that um, she had to overcome as well. I didn't foresee that when I started out writing. That was just one of those wonderful serendipitous things that came along. So the answer to your question is some ideas are... um, there from the get-go and others emerge in the process of the writing itself, which is just one reason why writing is such a wonderful way of being in the world. You just never know what discoveries you're going to make along the way. Was writing the this second book and the third book a little easier having Izzy Newton and her cohorts in place already and, and just looking for new adventures? Yes, yes, that that's another very very good question. You know, you um you're for me, my characters both the characters I write about for the American Girls collection, which is historical fiction, and for the uh, Smart Squad, they begin to inhabit your life. You begin they are very three-dimensional, and the longer you live with them, the more you get to know them and love them and care about them. And uh, I also have a group of real-life girls, whom I call my lunch bunch, with whom I meet regularly, and they, uh, w- w- they, we all became more comfortable together, so that helped the process, too. In fact, it was those five, at that point they were seventh-grade girls, who said to me, our biggest fear is public speaking, so have Izzy be scared of public speaking. Then they went on to tell me many ways to, for her to overcome that fear. So the writing process in that way was easier in that we were all more comfortable with each other. We, we were all, I knew how to seek help for the bumpy spots. I knew my characters better. I knew their school better. So yes, you get to you get to be more at ease with these wonderful, complicated, wacky, silly, um, wonderful characters in the world that they live in because you've lived in it longer too. More about Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad and their STEM adventures through uh, National Geographic Kids with author Valerie Tripp. 
straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? Mm. It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. 
Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. And the Tom Sumner Program. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More about Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad and their STEM adventures through uh, National Geographic Kids with author Valerie Tripp straight ahead. A lot of times I will ask writers, um, especially uh, uh, with with uh, standalone adventures and mysteries and things, if they, if they write the story first and then come up with characters that this would likely happen to, or if it was the other way around, they come up with characters and what would they get into. But you find yourself, you know, now in this series with a group of characters um, that exist throughout, so you're you're constantly looking for new adventures. But is the gang evolving as well? Yes, it's um, yes, it is wonderful. That's a wonderful question. Yes, and um, I have. I, I they're and, getting old. And Valerie, if you would, I'd love for you to squeeze in the names of Izzy's oh, uh, yes. cohorts. Yes, Izzy's <laughs> cohorts, because that's a lot of fun. Because it's Izzy it? Newton. Izzy, Izzy Newton, and then she, her uh, one, the friend she has who's interested in chemistry is named Marie Curie, and then she has a friend who's interested in biology whose name is Charlie Darwin, and then she has a friend who's, who's interested in um, engineering who's named Gina Carver, and then she has a friend who is very interested in math and technology named Allie Einstein. Izzy herself is a physicist. So the names, the girls' names are based on real scientists, and their interests stem from, and not only their interests, but, for example, Izzy um, has a pet named Wickens, a cat named Wickens, because that was Isaac Newton's best friend, was named John Wickens. So there are echoes, uh, kind of almost uh, small hints and asides and inside jokes, actually, um, from my research about the lives of all of these scientists. I tried to incorporate um, interests, family members' names, um, things that they like to do, their favorite foods. Um, Did you ever consider at any I, time calling the cat Schrodinger? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you've just given me a wonderful idea. Is he may have a new pet in one of the in one of the upcoming books of Schrodinger? That's very funny. So you can see how much fun this is because well, that's one of the things. They're a casting crew too. That's one of the things that that found me. You know that that I found so appealing about this particular series when we first talked about it and why I still remember it even after being 2020. <laughs> um, and, and I was thinking about something when you were talking about the, the different characters' names. They're all girls. And, and mm-hmm. why a, a group of all girls and, and why isn't it 
co-ed, like another cohort might be? Well, uh, one of the things that happens as we go along is that you'll notice that there uh, there is a boy named Trevor who uh, does become um, important to the group uh, as well. That's a nice developing uh, friendship that emerges. But I have to say that um, one of my main motivations in writing this series is to say to young women who still only present represent about 20% of the students in higher-level engineering schools. Uh, Pursue that interest. Pursue that talent. You're already uh, a scientist because you're curious about everything that's going on in the world. If you love your pet, you're already a biologist. It's just a matter of how you look at yourself. So I want to encourage girls especially to enter these STEM fields, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. You know, Valerie, when you say 20%, um, it's it's low, and obviously yeah. it's you know these books are designed to help increase that number, but that number is a huge increase over not so many yeah. years ago, and and I yeah. think that's worth noting that it is on the rise. Yes, yes, and the other thing that's on the rise that's very exciting is the revelation of how many women were involved in science but just weren't given credit for the discoveries that they made. Um, There was a whole crew, for example, of women astronomers uh, who mapped the skies. And because they were part of a male professor's uh, work team, never received credit for the work that they did. So, And there are other many other stories throughout history of women who actually did this work and made these, these discoveries but were never given credit for the work that they did. That's another wonderful mystery that's being revealed as we move forward through time. I find that extremely exciting. Well, this new book, Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad, Newton's Flaw, is the second book in the series. And you said it was pretty well finished when we talked back in 2019 about the the first installment in the series and you said the third book is in process and and that brings to mind a couple of questions one is um how long a series do you expect this to be and how much of book three did you write during uh quarantine Let me answer the second question first. Um, I wrote most of the third book during quarantine, which was a complete pleasure and joy and lifesaver. I felt I felt fortunate that I had such an absorbing and worthwhile job to do every morning during uh, every day during uh, quarantine, uh, and loved writing that third book, Law of Cavities, on which the um, Smart Squad takes its outdoor um, environmental education weekend. They go to an island. So that's an outdoor adventure, which felt so wonderful to write during quarantine. Uh, That's a very physical, um, that it doesn't happen within the school building. And it just broadens, it just broaden the whole universe of the books by getting the girls um, out of the building and into, and into a different setting. Um, I, I'm not sure how long the series will go on. I think the, the idea is that 
and this is going to be really fun, to shift to a different member of the squad as the main character. Won't that be fun, Tom? Yeah. To choose one of the other characters to be the person who's, you know, who who is kind of our uh, guide through the stories and the person who's in whose head we're sort of inside that will shift your scientific focus that will shift in terms of you know what challenges that character uh meets and overcomes because her personality is different her family situation will be different um and so that i find that very exciting um to make a shift to a different character as we go forward i i'm so compulsive uh valerie that i I would be tempted to um, go in blocks of three with a trilogy with each of the characters and the, the, the shift of focus being their particular scientific focus for those three books. Wouldn't that be? I think that's a wonderful. I so it would be like physics for the first three and then, um, you know, uh, biology for, for the, the next three? Biology, yeah. Biology would be fun because... Um, you know, you can say to girls, biology has to do, you know, sports are involved. You, you know, uh, biology isn't plants, it's animals, it's you as you are growing. So, yes, that would be a very, very fun. Oh, so and that plus, I love the name her. Charlie Darwin. I do too. And she could have a dog named Beagle, <laughs> or have a Beagle. <laughs> <laughs> or, after after Darwin's ship, or it could be called Darwin's query. <laughs> <laughs> you are a good creative partner. <laughs> I, well, You're a good I, brainstormer. I'm not kidding when I say Valerie that you know this this series. I I just find really compelling because because it's it's serious and light hearted in equal parts. It, you know it's. It really is the epitome of having fun while learning. You know, that is kind of you to say, and I have to give huge credit here uh, to my wonderful illustrator, Geneva Bowers, who infuses the books with that very air of whimsy. She lightens the load of the story. I always feel as though illustrations add a whole other 100% to a story. And I know, I know, I know it's a cliche. A picture's worth a thousand words, but Geneva's illustrations are worth a million words. They tell you so much about the characters. They show you their... They welcome you into the world of the characters. And she has such a lovely, light uh, touch that's so appealing. And I think... I have to give huge, huge credit to Geneva for that air of fun that uh, she has brought to the brought to the stories. I'm so grateful. She's a wonderful partner in bringing these characters and their world and the science to life. Because what that's kind of a what a tough job that is. She has to be sure to be accurate in all of her illustrations as well, because science isn't um careless it's very careful and she she manages that balance just beautifully well you know it's um I, i'm glad you you used the phrase uh bringing these characters to life because and and i've noticed this with some other really excellent illustrators that 
she has this this gift for making the characters look like they're in the middle of doing something. You you get this sense that there's movement and activity, um, which is is really a gift. Yeah, what a gift. You know, when I love to look at the illustrations because they inform me. First of all, they, they mean that uh, some of the burden of telling the story is lifted from my shoulders because you look at the illustration and uh, uh, Geneva's telling you what's going on better than words ever could possibly do. And she has this marvelous feeling of motion, which is, again, echoes what we're talking about in terms of science and physics Newton's laws, his first law is the law of motion. So she also is informing you visually about the science, too, and how science is all about movement and change and growth. And I think Izzy's hair alone it seems to me to be moving every time I look at it. She, <laughs> Geneva has this way of, she has this wonderful, wonderful way of bringing motion to, fooling you, actually, because those are, you know, those are static illustrations, but she has such a light touch that all the girls look as if they're in constant motion, which is also true of 12-year-old girls, I think, that, that they're pretty active. Would you, um, or do you, um, imagine the uh, Smart Squad adventures in either um, live action or animated uh, video for television or film? Oh, that's, oh, wouldn't that be fun? What a wonderful idea. Yes, and then we could hear their voices. Oh, I love that idea. I love that idea. You, you know, um, as one writes, you you are sort of sometimes unspooling a reel. There's an old-fashioned way of, of uh, <laughs> about, about a movie. But unspooling a reel in your head and that you do see the action happening um, in time. So... Uh, to make that movement to animation, wouldn't that be wonderful? Or, or you know, real um, characters and actors as well. I think that would be very, very fun. And then we could see, we could see their world. Yes, that's a wonderful idea. And well, then we could have music. <gasps> we could have music. <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? Um, well, absolutely. And and you know, I'm I'm saying this because the the illustrations in these books really kind of makes you think of that you know you you yeah. start craving a little more visual you know as the story is unfolding and and i just wondered if it if it had been talked about or thought about or considered down the road as the series uh, unfolds you know i i don't know that but i do have to give credit in that case to wonderful the wonderful wonderful team at national geographic kids because I was so happy when they told me that the books would be illustrated. I love illustrations, even as an adult. I love illustrations. And to say that a book is going to be illustrated is a big commitment for a publisher. It's expensive. It adds to the production time. It's uh, a whole other... whole other universe that you're entering into and i was so pleased and have continued to be so grateful to the wonderful team at national geographic all the art editors um who are tackling this side of the of the books it was their idea from the beginning that the books would be highly illustrated and i'm so grateful to them for that decision 
Well, Valerie, this is just uh, so much fun. And I have to give you um, props for writing during the pandemic because, you know, you'd be surprised at how many writers that uh, that I talk with regularly and some very successful, accomplished bestsellers. And I, there have been several who said, you know, I look back and wish I had, but I was just kind of caught in the headlights like everybody else. I, you know, was, I, I didn't think about what I could be doing with my time. I think it was a tough time for all of us to get through. For me, writing was a safe refuge. <laughs> it was something definite. It was something positive. It was something forward-going. It was a joy uh, to come to my desk every day and enter the... And what nice companions I had with Izzy and Marie <laughs> and Charlie and Gina. Think think how lovely it was to spend time with all of them and with um, also always the wonderful group, my group of readers for who, to whom I keep in mind all the time uh, when I'm creating any story. That was wonderful company to keep. And I'm so thankful that um, I had this important and satisfying and challenging and delightful work to do. Now, it seems like a, a book of this, uh, this nature, and each of the books in the series, would warrant or, or, or beg opportunities to go into schools and do events at different places, and I would suspect that the pandemic kind of curbed all that. Uh, for a while, well, but Zoom, do you think I did? Uh, I did visit uh, classrooms through Zoom. Oh, well, not classrooms, but I did do Zoom. Um, lots of Zoom meetings with kids. Um, you know, a science teacher would have his individual kids on Zoom, and I did meet with. I did do that several times, which was very, very fun um, for all of us. And in fact. Um, one of the ideas, one of the solutions that the Smart Squad comes up with, um, just to give you a little a tip off their, their science fair project, literally blows up in their face, and they have to quick come up with a different idea. That idea was given to me by an eighth-grade science class I Zoomed with during the pandemic. So I was, as always, the best ideas come from real children who <laughs> have really done them. Uh, so, yeah, I did, I did enjoy meeting with classes through Zoom throughout the pandemic. Well, and that's what I was going to ask if you think, uh, you know, that you'll you'll be able to do more interactive things as the series moves forward. And one of the questions I was going to ask, and I think you already answered it, is if you enjoy that kind of feedback and if you get anything oh, from you. that that you can use as you craft these adventures. We had a, we did have a launch party for uh, Newton's Fall at a very tolerant pizza restaurant because I had the children make volcanoes, you know, those wonderful volcanoes you can make <laughs> with Coca-Cola and Mentos, and they come, they erupt all over everywhere to great the delight of everyone. Um, so, yes, I've, I've, already, I've already met with some kids to do some of the experiments that tie into Newton's Flaw, and I, I, I just love meeting. I've been speaking to school groups for 40 years now, and it's an unending source of inspiration, 
both in terms of specific ideas and solutions for me to use in my stories and also inspiring just to spend time with um, children and young students today. I'm telling you, it fills you with hope and optimism. If you if you want to be cheered up, spend some time with uh, students because they're just they're just the embodiment of potential and promise. Valerie, we're just about out of time, and, and of course, the time always flies by when I talk with you. But it, I always give guests, as you know, an opportunity to let listeners know where they might find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? I do. It's uh, ValerieTrip.org, and uh, you can reach it through the Authors Guild, actually, is the easiest way to get to it. And then National Geographic has the most fabulous website, especially during the pandemic. I told many parents, go to the National Geographic Kids website, and they have a wonderful section about the Izzy Newton books and about me. And I think that's just, you know, www natgeokids.com and it is a wealth of fabulous interactive activities and that's a that's the best place to go well valerie it's been a real pleasure talking with you thanks so much for spending this time with me and the listeners and uh keep up the good work (laughs) thank you so much tom what a delight thank you very much take care Bye. Bye. That was Valerie Tripp, and, uh, of course, she has uh, teamed up with Nat Geo Kids for their STEM-based kids series, Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad Adventures. The second installment out now is Newton's Flaw. And we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Tonight, hurry down the chimney tonight. Hey, 
<laughs> this is the unknown comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. All the Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Actually, I did rather well myself this past Christmas. The nicest present I received was a gift certificate, good at any hospital, for a lobotomy. <laughs> rather thoughtful. Now, Now, if I may digress momentarily from the mainstream of this evening's symposium, I'd like to sing a song which is completely pointless, but is something which I picked up during my career as a scientist. This may prove useful to some of you someday, perhaps, in a somewhat bizarre set of circumstances. It's simply the names of the chemical elements set to a possibly recognizable tune. arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen, and oxygen, and nitrogen, and rhenium, and nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, and iron, americium, ruthenium, uranium, europium, zirconium, lutetium, vanadium, and lanthanum, and osmium, and astatine, and radium, and golden protactinium, and indium, and gallium, and iodine, and thorium, and thulium, and thallium. There's yttrium, ytterbium, actinium, rubidium, and boron, gadolinium, niobium, iridium, and strontium, and silicon, and silver, and samarium, and bisulfromine, lithium, beryllium, and barium. Isn't that interesting? I knew you would. I hope you're all taking notes because there's going to be a short quiz next period. There's holmium and helium and hafnium and erbium and phosphorus and francium and fluorine and terbium and manganese and mercalium and lithium and magnesium and dysprosium and scandium and cerium and cesium and lead, praseodymium and platinum and plutonium, palladium, promethium, potassium, polonium and tantalum, tenesium, titanium, tellurium and cadmium and calcium and chromium and curium. There's sulfur, californium, and fermium, berkelium, and also mendelevium, einsteinium, nobelium, and arcan, krypton, neon, radon, xenon, zinc, and rhodium, and chlorine, carbon, cobalt, copper, tungsten, tin, and sodium. These are the only ones of which the news has come to Harvard. And there may be many others, but they haven't been discovered. (laughs) 
This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Yeah, we don't.
Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings to you wherever you are. Good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner Show. That wraps it up for this Tuesday edition of the Tom Sumner Program. This Tuesday edition, you know what that means. Tomorrow's Wednesday. So tune in for Armchair Politics when we spend uh, the second and third hour of the show talking about uh, local, state, and national headlines in the world of politics and uh, current events with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki, on the left and Henry Hatter on the right. I want to say thanks to the guests that were on the show today. What what a, a great bunch of people. Um, starting with this last hour with the uh, author Valerie Tripp from National Geographic Kids, um, the author of the Izzy Newton and the Smart Squad series, their newest installment, Newton's Flaw. And before that, we talked about uh, a new book called Bad News from uh, Newsweek's Deputy Opinion Editor, Bacha Unger-Sargon. And uh, what, a, what a delightful conversation that was, to be sure, and important. And then we started out this morning, this was uh, great, with a debut author, Olivia Swindler, who was uh, born in Spokane, Washington, but currently lives in Grenoble, France. And uh, she has... Uh, a debut novel called Cynthia Starts a Band. And it came out in paperback uh, in October 2021. And uh, interesting story about reinvention and in some ways coming home. Anyway, as I said, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. We've got uh, Armchair Politics coming up tomorrow as we do each and every Wednesday. The best... uh, political roundtable on radio thanks to our roundtable regulars flint's premier political pundit paul rosicki on the left and longtime genesee county republican henry hatter on the right and all of the people who sit third chair who come in you know periodically and round out the round table anyway that's smoking george winters tickling the ivories let me know it's time to get on out of here and head down the hall to the living room but i'll be back tomorrow And I hope you will be too. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. 
If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.